I'll let you kick it off, Sully. I mean, Nick, I'll let you kick it off. I, I can give a recap as well, but Nick's intros are so good. They really engage the audience. So please, Nick, go ahead with your introduction. Hell no, I just got home. I'm still doing my research. Go ahead. Terrible introduction. Do not, <laughs> and this is the problem, but don't worry. I will step in for you, Nick, and I will provide the audience with an introduction. So we know about COVID. We know about the COVID lockdowns. We know about the COVID vaccine. We know about the COVID censorship, the censorship that occurred both on social media and mainstream media when it came to COVID. That's one side of the argument. The other side of the argument is that they, this was an important, these were important moves to make to keep people safe, to ensure that the virus didn't spread, um, and whatever other lame excuses everybody else has got. Now, coming back to the court, the what happened, what, so what, what, the question now is why did we decide to do a space today? So in the United Kingdom, some information has come out, and although it's specific to the United Kingdom, what a brilliant message from Preston. I'll read that out. Keep the messages coming. Excellent. Audience comments will always be read when they're brilliant. If they praise me, like Preston has just done, saying that this show, Suleiman, is the show that is so true, they'll be read. But keep your comments coming. It's bottom right-hand side, and we will engage with the comments, even if they're not about me and they're specifically about COVID. But sorry, coming back to the point, in the United Kingdom, we found out that there was a secretly... The UK government agency worked with Meta, Twitter, Google to censor lockdown uh, uh, discussions. So that was a secret government uh, agency and it was called the CDU, Counter Disinformation Unit. And what they did was they worked with social media companies in order to suppress any discussions which were anti-COVID lockdown. In addition to that, as you may know, in the United Kingdom, we got we had, and this was about a month ago, messages got leaked from Matt Hancock, who was the health secretary, where he essentially was making decisions to manipulate the public. For example, one of the messages that he said was, he, one of the messages he said was, when do we do, when do we do the drama, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but when do we do, do the drama about the additional variant? Or when do we basically cause panic about another variant? So essentially showing that it was a, a targeted attack to basically fear monger amongst the public. In addition to that, we had a scenario where um, yesterday, uh, and just correct me if I'm wrong, but Johnson and Johnson removed the emergency um, FDA uh, requirement, as far as I remember. I hope I'm saying that right. In the United uh, uh, States, and that was Johnson and Johnson. Um, and then we've got a number of litigations that are happening, both against Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak in relation to COVID. So those are the summaries of um, what's happening with COVID. Um, and so, yeah, that's where we are. So I would, I'm would i going to pass it over to Money Penny because she might provide us with a bit more information about what's happening in the United Kingdom. And then we'll jumpstart the debate. Go ahead, Money. Hi, Solomon. I thought you lived here. I thought you knew what was going on. Maybe I not. I just explained it. I just explained <laughs> it. I just gave you an opportunity to. I, just I know. Feel like but like I thought you'd have your nose on the ground. You know, I thought you'd be sniffing around looking for stuff. Anyway, um, you got me to it. Money penny. You money forgot... penny. Uh, one second. One second. I am. But the thing is, as part of a host, I have to make people feel like they're comfortable, feel like they're adding value, and that's what I'm doing to you. So please go ahead. 
That's lovely. I'll try and add some value. Uh, 77th Brigade, this was also the scary thing that came up, is at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, uh, probably like the US, we had regular press conferences with uh, Boris Johnson and whichever other politicians he hadn't already infected with COVID, uh, standing on platforms talking from um, a sort of point of view of a five o'clock update every day. Um, obviously, uh, he then went and shook hands with people that had already been, got deadly illnesses in hospitals for some unknown reason. He forgot to do the washing of hands, the distancing and everything else. Um, what we didn't know is that the head sort of big general in full uniform that they pushed forward at an early stage, uh, who came forward on behalf of the military to tell us how we were safe and we were looked after nothing would be a problem. And obviously, we have had issues because we've had the military driving ambulances and everybody that uh, has, has fallen ill and caused a resource lack, the military has stepped in. But what this military general did not tell us is that he was actually head of a new cyber surveillance unit, which was not just looking at uh, members of the civil service, but they was looking at uh, ordinary people, ordinary people's tweets, Instagram, Facebook, I was one of them. I'm sure Suleiman was. The amount of activity that went on two miles from where I live, maybe a mile, um, GCHQ in Cheltenham, which is the equivalent of our MI5, MS6 type thing. Um, there was a whole brigade, um, whole army um, that were recruited positively for that purpose um, to snoop on us. And across the times of the lockdown, the other interesting thing is the police who were acting on COVID regulations, which were not effectively law, not written into law in the same way you had emergency um, use authorization for your vaccines. It wasn't, you know, completely legal. Um, we had police people that were just not locking down anybody or doing anything because they felt they would get comeback, which they did. So the laws weren't sticking. People were breaking the rules. And the whole lockdown process at the end of it, scientifically, has shown had absolutely no impact whatsoever on containing the spread of the virus. Thank you, Solomon. Yeah, I appreciate that, Money Penny. Let me take it to Andrew. Andrew, um, appreciate you coming onto the space. I'd love to hear your thoughts about um, what has come out in terms of the United Kingdom. And even if you're not aware, then generally, just specifically, because we had similar issues in the United States about government uh, oversight or government intervention through social medias in terms of the impact it had on COVID lockdowns and the COVID vaccine. Yeah, I hate to disappoint you. Um, I, I've been up since about 2.30 in this morning, 2.30 this morning. I was in New Hampshire yesterday, uh, so I, I, I flew back today. I, I'm barely conscious. Uh, can you repeat the question? Because um, I... I I honestly, I, I'm not sure, quite sure. Let me, let me, let me. About. I was look, look, Andrew, Andrew. I was not meant to speak, um, but obviously, I'll always have to jump in. Um, look, in hindsight, um, it's very easy to point out that lockdowns were were a failure, and they did more harm than good. Would you agree with that statement before I ask a question? You know, in, I can't speak to the UK. I don't live in the UK. I just can't. You know, paid by a company that's based in the UK. Uh, here in the US, people, you know, use the term, you know, lockdowns. We didn't have them. We didn't have lockdowns. We didn't have, you know, criminal penalties 
for people, you know, leaving their house. It, it didn't happen. And, you know, now three, you know, three years later, uh, you, you've got, a, you know, a lot of folks who are, you know, looking back and talking about, oh, the lockdowns, the lockdowns. And uh, it, it, we never, we never had them. You had, you know, governors uh, issuing, you know, stay at home orders, but uh, to the best of my knowledge, I mean, it wasn't like people were being put in, put in jail uh, for, for violating them. And uh, did they work? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Um, I mean, I, I know that I didn't, I didn't get COVID. Uh, most people I know who you know, stayed at home didn't get COVID. Uh, so, I mean, anecdotally, I, I think, you know, they, you know, worked if you followed them, if, if you didn't follow them and you were in, you know, you were, you know, out and about, I, I'm not sure, you know, if it, uh, kept other people from, uh, spreading it or, or not. Cause again, I'm, I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I, I, I'll, I'll be really honest with you. I don't, I don't often offer my opinions on things, but, uh, I'll offer my opinion on this. I think all of the obsession over, uh, over this stuff three years later, it is really stupid. It's a way to stoke grievance and you know, it's, it's a way to keep people angry. I mean, you had a once in a century pandemic. The last time anything like that happened was, you know, 1918 or 1917 is the Spanish flu. So it wasn't really something that anyone currently alive and in any position of power had any experience dealing with. I, I think governments did did the best they, they could. And you can look at things in hindsight and say, oh, this was horrible. But I, I mean, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I put myself in the shoes of the people who were, who were in charge. And thinking back to March 2020, very few people knew very much of anything. So I, I just, I, I'm just not sure. What, I, what I, like, I, I, I like, Andrew, I, I'm going through the comments. I think everyone agrees with you, uh, especially Khaleesi. Um, and before Khaleesi responds, uh, Joa, I want you to, to give a similar – because Andrew's take is – there's not many people that are vocal about it now, but they were vocal about it during COVID. And um, I, I'm taking the position of kind of pushing back. The try to censor people. Look, man, you, you have a habit of always taking the position that everyone would like. Okay, you always do this. And generally – and you put I me in a difficult – let me finish. Let about. me finish. And yeah, you put me in a difficult – and you put me in a difficult position to push back for balance because you can't do it because you just want to say what the people want to hear because I promise you, I swear one day you're going to run for prime minister in the UK. It is what it is. But moving away from that, um, in, 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 what I want to ask you, Joa, is everyone is shitting on what we did uh, in, on, on the lockdowns that were implemented during COVID. But considering that, the, as Andrew said, the last pandemic we went through is, is decades and decades ago, back prior to, uh, right after World War One. Uh, 1918 during uh, or during world war one okay so went through a pandemic during a world war um considering that fact considering that we were unprepared uh, for a pandemic if the rea- if the response was wrong why are we still talking about it today why we don't go through a pandemic every year is it just being used for political gain and people doing what slamanda is saying what people love to hear question number one and question number two the topic here and i kind of answers andrew's question like why are we talking about it i think the main concern here is not the the lockdown itself at least not not today not in this space even though we're going to touch on it but more the censorship that happened so um 
governments worked with social media companies to censor any pushback against the lockdowns, any criticism of the lockdowns. So my question to you, Joe, is assuming lockdowns were the right decision, which, again, we're not saying that because that's Correct a whole other debate. Assu no, no, there's a point I'm making the fucking assumption. The reason I'm saying that is if it is the right decision, if it was the right decision, does the government have the right? I say lockdown worked perfectly and it stopped the pandemic and it reduced death by 99% and it was the right decision and it ended the pandemic and, and, and it just died throughout the lockdowns, okay? Which didn't happen, obviously. If that did happen, was would we be praising the government for working with social media companies to censor any pushback against the lockdowns if they worked and the only reason we're criticizing them is because they didn't work? Or we would still criticize that level of censorship? Is there times where censorship like this could have value? Yeah, <clears throat> you know, pandemics, pandemics suck. It's, uh, it's horrible. And there's, there's consequences. I mean, it, I know a lot of people like say, like to say that lockdowns didn't work. But if you look at the flu numbers, we had 10% the amount of flus re recorded than we did the year prior, right? So um, maybe the lockdowns work, maybe they didn't, but there's some anecdotal or proof that, they, maybe that they, it did. Or maybe they misdiagnosed but, flus as a COVID um yeah possible also um but in terms of censorship look un we're still talking about 9-11 right and it's been what 20 20 years um because there's things people have questions about and the and people will get stuck on the, that information and there's a bit like a, example the ter the termite the thermite uh makes people think like why was there thermite in the building that you know um, cut through the steel, that's a sign. And then they feel part of like a club that has this insider information that no one else has. And then they get, they get stuck there. Right. With the pandemic, I think it's something to, I have a lot of questions about nine 11. I do believe there was something there, especially building seven. Um, but with COVID, I don't, except for the pharmaceutical companies that benefited from pushing a vaccine, I don't see where the conspiracy is. They were trying to save people. Do you know they're saying they spied on average people and what they were writing? That's called social listening. We do social listening for every brand, for every company. That's normal. Do they do they censor? Yeah, should they have? Probably not. But in reality, weren't they just trying to save lives? Weren't they trying to like do um, what was right and not have people spread the disease amongst each other? By by quelling any uprising or, or anything like that, uh, Kelisi, no. can you maybe can can Kelisi, maybe can you you can educate the audience on what are the theories on on so is there other theories on why lockdowns were implemented and what are those theories what what who benefited and how do, just before you do Kelisi, we've got a user comment and please put your comments below it just link nicely to this the user comment from Bernie is it was a pandemic it was planned so Kelisi, that's the question Mario's asking you. What was the reason for what are the possible reasons for this pandemic? Bro, can you not put a I didn't ask whether it's a pandemic. This is Slayman's question, just for the record. Go ahead, Kelisi. That's what you asked. Yeah. That's what you asked. What's the reasons? What are the reasons why they would have wanted a lockdown? So, so I know in the UK, okay, that Boris Johnson did not actually want the lockdown. Um, and, and this is this is the truth. He's he's a libertarian. Um, and he was pushed into this, literally, and he avoided it. So there were, okay, so we did get it wrong. I think, um, I can't remember, Andrew was speaking when I came on, and that's why I requested the mic, because I wanted to address a couple of points he made. 
um, full declaration. Um, I followed most of the rules apart from the mask. So um, he, he's a libertarian and you can see that in many ways. Initially, when he was pushed into a lockdown, he gave very, very mixed messages for about three weeks. So things like he would have um, a briefing, a press briefing, which was televised. Everyone was watching it. And he'd say things like, um, stay at home if you can, unless it's important that you have to go out. There was no lockdown. Second week, and he was getting bashed by the media, by all the journalists, by all the scientists, um, even within his own party. But he didn't want to do it. Um, numbers were rising in Italy and Spain. We were being shown pictures of all these deaths and coffins. And in the end, he succumbed. But here's the things that he did do. Um, I'm not a fan of Boris at all, but credit where it's due. Um, for the mask impl implementation, he released um, a PDF on the government website. And it said, if you're exempt from wearing a mask, you can download this. No evidence was needed for the fact that you're exempt. No medical note, nothing. And you could even buy that for £1.50 on eBay. Um, obviously, I bought it and I downloaded it and I used it all through the pandemic. I didn't wear a mask. I wore it once the first day and I realized I couldn't actually breathe at night when I took it off. I only wore it for half an hour. So I realized it's not good. Um, so he did put in measures um, where you can just not wear a mask. And many people just wore that badge around the neck for £1.50 throughout the pandemic and just didn't wear a mask. Um, so I do think that he was pushed into this. I think it was a strategy. Um, I did take the vaccine. Pushed I regret it. Police, pushed by who? I don't know. Look, I mean, the media were really on Ham Suleiman. You remember how difficult it was for you here? So somebody like Pierce Morgan, for example, literally was holding them to account, saying, what are you doing? What's going on? And to the extent, Pierce Morgan had a morning news show here, to the extent that the government put a ban on any minister going on his show to be interviewed by him because he was so hard on them. So what he would do is he'd listen to them being interviewed on the BBC show, play on his show, and then rip their interviews apart. Um, they didn't, the, where I disagree with what Andrew said is, look, I, I did take the vaccine. I took three Pfizer shots. I, do I regret it? Yes, I do. Did I think it was the right thing to do at the time? Yes, I did. Did I buy into this? Yes, I did. Um, do I criticize people who decided not to? No. But most of my family did. Some of them didn't, individual choice. Um, I didn't support the mandate, but, you know, I, I wanted to safeguard my family. Halisi, to be clear, though, Pierce Morgan was part of the media. He was part of the mainstream media. And what you're essentially saying is he, the mainstream media, Pierce Morgan, who now is basically re-presented himself and repackaged himself as someone to totally different, but at that point was propagating and bullying people into basically more, including the opposition, even the government, into more extreme lockdowns. I want to bring Dr. Sabine into this. Dr. Sabine, you got your hand up. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, so uh, the first thing is to Andrew, and I'd like to ask that question as a physician and as a scientist. You said you didn't get COVID uh, thanks to the lockdown. And, but my question is, no, did you ever get, did you ever get, wait, 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 did you ever get COVID? Did you ever get COVID? Simple question, yes COVID? or no. Did when? you ever get COVID? Ever or ever or in 2020? In three years, have you ever gotten COVID? I've gotten sick, but I've never tested positive. Oh, well, when I've been maybe sick. you should have tested. So, and, and I take it you're vaccinated, right? No, no. My, I, let, me, let me make myself clear. I've been sick, but when I have tested when I've been sick, it has not popped positive i i did okay uh, so either you I have and have you been vaccinated 
Yeah, I got the Moderna uh, and then a, a booster uh, okay. at some point. Um, so either you you have a resilient microbiome, resilient to COVID or resilient to the vaccine. And therefore, you're one case study. And I'd love to have your microbiome to analyze that. But you cannot judge you, the whole medicine and the whole lockdown based on one study because of you. Because I can tell you, I've been on the front line. And you know what? Not really. Sick. I didn't so, get COVID either. So, the, but the, here's the thing: there are people that ha, that never got COVID because they have a better microbiome. Immunity is in the gut. Immunity is something we develop. If you look at people that are been in the lockdown, all the kids, and then they go back out, they all got major infections because you cannot keep people in a bubble forever. So, here's my opinion on the lockdown as a scientist and as a physician. The lockdowns were necessary at the beginning so we could figure out this virus. As soon as we doctors on the front line started treating patients and seeing what was working and what wasn't working, that's when the lockdown should have stopped. I can tell you I was the one on the front line and I was promoting the lockdown at the beginning with you know my celebrity actors that were saying stay home in the first few weeks because I needed to figure it out. But as soon as I treated my first CHF, COPD, cardiac bypass two weeks prior, and he survived COVID, I was like, you know what? This guy survived. I'm going to be fine. And the kids are fine. It's time to get back into life and to expose everyone. This is the problem. The problem is there was an agenda. And the agenda was to push a vaccine. And the agenda was to push a vaccine without the proper research behind it. And I'm in the clinical trial business. I brought vaccines to the market. I should know how to do clinical trials. This was not, this was panic. We'll give it panic, fear, money driven. You know, people were basically enticed by the stocks going up of Moderna and Pfizer. And they didn't see clearly. But definitely... The the all this interference that happened in research, all this interference of this narrative of one narrative, we need to learn from and we need to stop that because you're wrong. 1918, yes, there was the Spanish flu, but guess what? The microbiome of humanity, as I'm seeing it now, as I'm spearheading the microbiome research with 57 clinical trials on the microbiome and disease is damaged. The reason we got COVID and now there's other infections coming is because there is a dysbiosis and imbalance in the microbiome. And there might be another superbug coming down the road. And you can already hear the narrative of pharma starting to you know, push another narrative. So we need to understand what went wrong with the research interference, what went wrong with who stopped, who got paid to create a narrative and we need to stop that for the next pandemic because at Do, the end of Dr. the day, Dr. Sabina, can I ask you a question? Can, is number one. Can I ask a question? Because you said something, and and look, I love what you're doing with the with the gut biome. I I truly believe in what you're what you're what you're doing, and I wish a lot more people knew about it. But besides that, you said that the lockdown should have stopped uh, once we started treating patients. But wasn't part of the lockdown also because of the fact that other diseases couldn't be treated or other problems couldn't be treated because the hospitals were full. And because of that, it was, it was important to keep the lockdowns going because hospitals kept getting full. So it wasn't just about treating COVID. It was also about having enough space to be able to treat other illnesses that still continue to happen. Look, the mainstream media made you believe the hospitals were full. 
I was I was there. Okay, my husband is a was a chief of cardiology at the hospital. The hospitals were not full. Okay, yes, they were full during a certain period when we were overwhelmed and all of us were treating like fifty patients. And yes, there was a reason to stop and lock down, but there should have been certain people should have been able to go right. So the kids should have resumed. Uh, you know, there there's certain activities should have resumed. Um, and to just lock down the whole world um, because the thought of the hospitals being full, I think the biggest problem with the pandemic was stopping treatment, in my opinion. It should have been treatment and vaccines so, at the same time. And let doctors be doctors, doctors to been, treat. Do you think the lockdowns had anything to do with the the reason that because we saw the the um what was it the the u.s navy ship right the hospital ship that ended up in new york city right that was never touched yeah um, yeah did know, they in, ever in use city, that and what about all the stadiums that had all these beds with yeah. like ventilator you know ready for like patients did they ever use that tens of millions of dollars right tens of millions of dollars was spent on one in my small city and they were too busy touched. doing tiktok dances in the hallways of the hospitals to worry about the hospital shit. Oh, Doc is right, actually. I mean, I can tell you, my hospital is not overwhelmed. I mean, I saw it. If any, if anybody was overwhelmed, were the doctors that were treating off-label. I mean, we were seeing 50, 50 to 52 patients a day with COVID, and we were just picking up phone calls after phone calls. I mean, that was overwhelming, yes. But you know what? Somehow there were enough doctors that stood up and started treating, even though they were threatened and their licenses were they were going to lose, etc. So... You know, but we still survived and we let doctors be doctors and we saved a lot of lives. And that's the way it should have been. Let, yeah, so, go ahead. Go ahead, Nick. Go ahead, Nick. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was going to go ahead and, ju- and jump to uh, Dr. Lee real quick because you were sort of on the early, early front lines of this, uh, this pandemic. You actually sounded the alarm very quickly and talked about how the Chinese government was uh, lying about data. They weren't giving all the data. Uh, but did the U.S. government not know more than just what the Chinese were, were telling them? Or were they that good at hiding the truth? To be honest, uh, they knew. Thank, you, uh, thank you. Uh, to be honest, at the very beginning, U.S. government, I don't think they know much about this virus. Because first, I'm the coronavirus working in this field with WHO leading coronavirus team in the University of Hong Kong. At that time, Let's go back to January 2020. Even the Stanford University Immunology Director, Dr. Bali, has to ask uh, from uh, the samples from me and my husband because you don't have this uh, anything about this virus in clinic in the United States at that time. So clearly, you don't know what happened, and also you don't even know what it is. And also, like in the another NIH. Uh, one lab under NIH, sorry, I suddenly forget the name. And anyway, they are the first lab published the article talking about coronavirus COVID-19 can last in different surfaces like the glass, clothes, or paper for different uh, time. And that paper was published in uh, middle to late February. And they required the samples from my lab which was isolated by my husband in Hong Kong to do this experiment because they don't have the virus even. And later, because Chinese government interfered this experiment, they asked our lab to withdraw the sample 
from the United States lab. So the U.S. lab has to repeat it again. That's why they postpone the publication. So all these two samples can tell you exactly at the beginning, uh, U.S. government and related uh, scientists and lack of information. They have to highly rely on what Chinese government tell you. And also that can be confirmed from what I experienced that my supervisors in Hong Kong, especially those who didn't, directly involved into the development of this virus with People's Liberation Army, they don't know much. So they have to either believe government, work with government, or they have to take the life risk like me, like me to tell the truth. So that's what happened at the beginning. I'd love to come in because I can provide evidence that uh, not only was the virus in the hands of the United States, but they had PCR tests that they developed by the 6th of January 2020. They had over two, three hundred U.S. citizens that had been tested by that point. And there are numerous references for that. There were two biochemical labs that are still live on B2B websites that clearly show the isolate was already in the hands of the United States at the beginning of January, if not December, because by the 6th, there were emails exchanged between Fauci, some of them we've seen in the Fauci files, and other senior members like Jeremy Farah, other people involved with it, who were already producing tests and taking tests on something, U.S. citizens. Something, uh, something may be not accurate, because... Uh, when we talk about the first PCR, especially as a quick PCR test, if you go to check the WHO webpage at that time, you will see the best one was developed by my lab, my supervisor, Liu Peng, and our team member at the beginning of January. And also before that, even they can do something, just remember China government didn't release the first sequence of the Wuhan virus until 10th January. Even before that, according to my evidence that they already have the, uh, the sequence from at least December 2020, uh, 2019 from patients in Wuhan, but China government didn't release it and they postponed the uh, release. So that's why before that, there is no accurate way for any other lab to uh, develop the quick test to know exactly what it is, unless you get the sequence. And also 10th January, when Chinese government first allowed the scientists to upload the sequence, they upload the wrong one for certain purpose because they don't want to give you the true information. And then it was changed on 13th January for the first time and then changed on 16 to 17 for the second time. Finally, it is a complete sequence. The reason is, uh, 13th January at that time, the first overseas case was confirmed in Thailand. And China government know even if they try to do any tricks to the sequence, still people can get it. So that's the reason. There okay, I'll also, upload some evidence. Maybe you could consider looking at it. Yeah, yeah, a lot of information for people if you're not working in the lab, not uh, as a doctor or virologist like me. So you would make a little bit confused when you see the similar name or the similar method. But actually, it is, a, uh, it is different. Dr. Lee, out of interest, when, when do you believe that they did have full knowledge? Because that's really the question as to when they started controlling narrative, isn't it? So that if everyone had full knowledge by, let's say, April, 
and lockdowns have started, that's really like the time around that time is when narrative would have taken over from from medical fact. Uh, well, you, well, you say the narrative. Well, do you mean the lockdown? The narrative for lockdown, or you mean the narrative for the nature origin the, uh, of COVID? Either, to be honest, I'm just saying. Like, when 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 do you think governments had the knowledge that uh, of, of this in full? So first, uh, if we are talking about like UK and US government, I can tell you they highly rely on the WHO and also the uh, scientists all over the world. And uh, we need to talk from the coronavirus scientist. So you should know that we have different type of expert in, for WHO, but there is only a very small group of coronavirus experts. And the uh, majority of them uh, stay in China or Hong Kong. That's because of the history of coronavirus since 2003, SARS-1, and later the Mideast coronavirus, MERS, because my lab is also the central lab to study it. So that's why China choose to use coronavirus as a good candidate for bioweapon, because you don't have the good database, you don't have enough experience. And even a lot of American scientists working on this, they rely on Chinese government, provide them the uh, collaboration, provide them the clinical sample or animal samples. And also in many labs like Minnesota University or the George uh, Georgia State University in, in US, if you check the uh, name of the director of coronavirus lab, they are Chinese people working deeply with People's Liberation Army. So the thing is, at that time, CCP, they are uh, in China. I mean, this is not politics. This is just a fact. There are scientists that know this virus even before all the outbreak happened in Wuhan, but not many because uh, a lot of scientists or researchers involved are just given part of the job to modify something or test something for the coronavirus, for the COVID-19 virus. So when it finally begins in Wuhan, I mean, the outbreak starts, there are some people know it, but very, very few. Direct, the, the people who directly work uh, on this virus and of course the leader, Xi Jinping, he knows that. And the thing is, when the WHO need to gather uh, opinions from China, they also rely on their collaborators or their experts working in China. So based on the trust, uh, so they will accept what Chinese scientists provide them. And at that time, Chinese government just need to control the scientists, they can control the narrative. And later, when it becomes uh, worse, especially in January, uh, and also when I reviewed it, uh, China decided to change their um, strategy. So they start to throw out the nature origin theory uh, early before they planned. That's why when you go back to check 20th January 2020, uh, Shi the Wuhan lab, start to claim they have the sample from bed, which is a nature origin evidence. That's because within 24 hours, I reviewed that. I said this is from People's Liberation Army, so they have to quickly uh, throw some false narrative to control the uh, public opinion. And also they start to work with Echo Health uh, that Peter, uh, that, uh, uh, Peter Dashak and also Dr. Fauci from the end of January to February to control the narrative in English-speaking world.
And later, they also need to influence the people who can make the public health decision, including the legislators. And the good thing for China government is all your public uh, policy makers uh, rely on the scientists. So you see, see, China's tactic is not difficult. Control the Chinese scientists, then go through them to control the international scientists, then go through them to control the policy makers, and also uh, work together with media, with other people, because they have already infiltrated to spread the narrative. And when the natural origin narrative was established with help from Lancet and also Dr. Fauci, Peter Dashat, then clearly you have to go to lockdown and vaccine, because as people all know, uh, at that time, if you, you as a president, no matter you are Trump or your Biden, if you say, no, we don't want to lock down, we don't want to promote vaccine because it's not mature, because it's not good, people won't listen to you. So clearly, so, this is the past, and how the narrative was promoted is because of so many factors. Thank you for that, Doctor. Uh, let me go to Tyler. Tyler, uh, one of the people who commented on the comment section, and guys, please do comment, on the comment section, bottom right and side, because we are going through those messages and we will be reading them out. In addition to that, after this space, we will be having a subscriber-only space. Uh, it just So if you go to Mario's page, click on subscribe, it's only a dollar. And we do have uncensored, unrestricted, ask us anything spaces after this, after the aftermath. And it's a lot of fun uh, and it's enjoyable. So make sure you join that space. But yeah, you need to sub to do so in addition to yeah, that. If you having... ask a question that Suleiman doesn't like, though, you're going to get yelled at. So that's even more fun. This is fake news. If you say something that's wrong, I will call you out like I do in this space or any space. I don't change. For me, everything's uncensored. But for Nick, he gets to basically be himself. So really, that space is for Nick. But anyway, guys, join that space. It's a lot of fun. But before I get to that, one of the comments, Tyler... On uh, by um, go vote, he he showed a study which demonstrated that during COVID or due to the COVID lockdowns, there was an increase in world hunger. I'd like to hear your thoughts on the various ramifications of COVID or and the lockdown and vaccines. Hi there, am I coming through? Yeah, yeah, it's a little echoey, but it should be fine. Sorry about that. I'm pretty new to spaces and this space specifically, but thank you for inviting me. Um, you know, I, it's hard for me to talk about world hunger. I'm a child and adolescent psychiatrist and a suicidologist. The largest amount of misinformation that I was battling was the rapid assumption and interpretations of what COVID interventions or the pandemic itself would do to the, to the mental health of the population and specifically the population I work with the most children. Um, and, you know, it was very early on in the pandemic that especially those that were pretty anti-lockdown were wielding the mental health of children and the um, mental health of, and increasing skyrocketing suicide rates um, as reasons to end the lockdown. And of course, um, my area of, of research and study is suicidology, where one has to be very humble because we actually don't really have a very good way to predict what will happen to next year's suicide rates. Um, all the best computers and all the best suicidologists in the world would have a really hard time, um, you know, predicting one year into the future, let alone two or three. 
Um, so I was, I've been battling against that misinformation quite a bit, you know, um, listening to all of this, you know, this is a very interesting space and I, I it's hard for me to really um, address a lot of the, the science that's being brought up um, <clears throat> because, you know, it, it, this is, this is not my area of expertise, but I will say that um, one of the biggest mistakes people often make in the lockdown dynamic is assuming that no lockdowns would result in nothing negative that happened during lockdowns. Um, this is this is you know one of the biggest fallacies I see made in the lockdown discussion. Now, with everything we know about the transmission of viruses, with everything we know about this particular virus, which was a worldwide once in a century pandemic that ended up killing millions of people, it's very likely that without mitigation efforts, we would have seen more infections and more death, not less. Um, when, when that translates into um, mental health, you know, we have abundant evidence that the impacts of death on a child, the impacts of serious illness or the impacts of a teacher getting really sick or a friend getting really sick or a parent getting really sick or more deaths therein are negative to mental health. And so there's always a, an imbalance in the discussion where we talk about lockdowns as not as if it's we could erase all of the other things that came along after the pandemic started if we removed lockdowns. And that, Tyler, that's a really fallacious see, argument. Did we not see an increase in suicides and then, you know, depression and maybe suicidal tendencies? Not at all. Yeah, not at all. Not a, so, not so, at all. Yeah, so, so, so suicidology... In the medical profession, no, no, we did. No, hold on, hold on. I'm going to claim my one area of expertise here. I'm a suicidologist who studies suicide figures across the world. Um, there is, there's concentric circles that people assume that aren't concentric. For example, sadness, suicidal thinking, suicide attempts, and deaths by suicide. I'm going to talk about the first, the, the last group, deaths by suicide. Suicide rates in most of the modern nations um, decreased since 2020 and have not increased. Um, when we look at suicide rates, Did you say since 2020? Yeah, compared to, tw compared to 2019, 2018, 2017, we've seen a decrease in suicide rates. Um, uh, it, like including, so, you know, including the years of 2020 when the pandemic started, 2021, we're, we're, we're only having a few nations that have 2022 data. Um, but there's discrepancy. For example, Japan had an increase in suicide rates. United States had a decrease in suicide rates. Um, uh, Canada had a 17% decrease in suicide rates in all ages. Um, and the United States had a 4.6% decrease in um, the general population. But when you break it down by age, there's differences. Um, so, you know, the foundational assumption of suicide rates increasing because of the pandemic didn't even bear out, let alone the other predictions that people were hanging on um, lockdowns and those types of things. Now, remember, I was talking about those concentric circles, though. Um, suicidal thinking is a much more common thing. About 4% of the, the adult population considers suicide in any given year, and only a small fraction of those die by suicide. And they might not even be the same people in the same moment, so they're not exactly concentric circles. We know that sadness and loneliness increased during the pandemic. That's a fair thing to say. Um, I'm not... Uh, I'm not aware of those metrics looking better in nations that were less strict on uh, uh, restrictions than other nations. Um, but of course, sadness during a pandemic is not also an evidence of any pathology. Um, again, I want to remind people that um, 
you know, millions of people died. Um, there was lots of economic turmoil. There was lots of big changes. There was lots to actually be worried about. I was also a frontline clinician working in a pediatric hospital when COVID came out and was new and we didn't know anything about it. And it was a very intensely scary time. Um, so, you know, when we, when, when we look at uh, some Dr. parameters Tyler, changing. Dr. Tyler, yeah. can I ask a question? Uh, one of the audience members just asked us a question, which I think is a very fair question to ask is, have sure. you got uh, studies to demonstrate or evidence to demonstrate that? And if you do, if you could just pin it up to the top, that would be brilliant. Yeah, yeah I'm, not very great at, uh, I'm not very great at spaces to post things. I would say if you look in my timeline for, um, you know, analyses that I've done, I, it's there. Um, you can look at any of the major national databases. Uh, there's a meta-analysis in the Lancet from 2020, the end of 2022, or maybe the beginning of 2022, looking at a meta-analysis of suicide rates in nations showing a decrease during the first eight months of the pandemic. Um, so there's lots of sources you can get to get it. Um, I'm not going to have the technological... Yeah, yeah, it's no problem. You can just send me it and I, I can put it up. So if you want to privately DM, DM me it, sure. I, can, I can put it up. I, I posted um, a CDC. I, I wonder how many... There's a CDC study up above. Doc, 4% increase yeah, in doc, suicides 2021. Me, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I would, that's exactly what I was going to mention. So doc, what Doc has just sent me is a CDC report which states that suicide rates in 2021 went up to... In the United States, went up by 4%. Is that the same information you have? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So down in 2021, yeah, down in 2020, it was down by 4.6% in 2020 and up by 46 in 2021. And just the, the nature of increases the and decreases. Before the closures, though. No, 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 it wasn't. 2020 was the year of the pandemic and closures. How, how many deaths by suicide um, were uh, marked as death by COVID? So uh, none. I mean, so the way that COVID deaths are, the, the way that deaths are marked. None? In, in, that, that's ballsy. Yeah, none. I mean, you know, can you know everything about every death in the world? No. Um, just knowing the well, way... Well, you let's, shouldn't let's make that statement North... if, you, if you don't know all Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I do want to say that there's some foundational misunderstandings on how coroners determine deaths. Um, so, uh, you know, if, if a death is due to self-inflicted injury in any way... Um, it will never be labeled as a death due to COVID, even if the person had COVID when they died, um, because deaths are first determined whether or not they're in intentional, unintentional, or um, uh, un indeterminate, if it's considered to be an, an unnatural death. So there's no rubric in which someone can die by COVID, um, and they have intentionally harmed themselves in some way and it be called a COVID death and not an intentional suicide death. That's just not the way that that works. Um, so, um, you know, could in a large database of millions of people, um, an administrative error occur or something where something was coded the wrong way, sure. Um, but there's no corner in, you know, modern society that is gonna call a, a suicide a COVID death. And that would just be plain conspiratorial thinking. Dr. Sabine, uh, I, I want to go to you on this, actually. Speaking of being marked as a COVID death, you know, whether or not suicides were, were done, it, I mean, uh, Tyler just testified that, uh, that that wasn't the case. But with other people that we saw in hospitals that were dying with COVID instead of, of COVID, uh, you know, we've heard that a lot. Is that, is that actually true? Was that happening a lot on a, on a wide scale? 
Uh, we'll try to get somebody else. Uh, Money Penny. Do you think that's something that you could jump in on? Uh, yeah, just repeat it quickly. Sorry, my dog rushed in. <laughs> oh, sure, no problem. Uh, so, so just to kind of move a little bit past Tyler's points about you know not coding suicides as COVID deaths. Yeah. Uh, did we see any of that happening in hospitals with other issues, such as somebody dying with COVID instead of of COVID? Uh, yeah, because that's been uh, something hugely. that's been talked about for a long time massive distortion to the statistics and on a per country basis it was different in each country so the actual ability to compare statistics cross country also became far more difficult um in the uk um we also were not adding people that were in care homes for example so that made another anomaly so every country was having different anomalies at different times trump famously said if we don't test our numbers will be low. So the testing goes down in the country and your numbers were low. The same happened in hospitals, that uh, if you got a broken leg falling off a bus, went into a hospital where there was a large number of people with a human-to-human viral pathogen, you were likely to catch it. And if you died as a result of gangrene in the leg, but you had COVID at the time, it would still go down in the UK as a COVID death. Now, I know the US has a different coding system, uh, a very sophisticated numerical coding system. But according to reports and discussions I've had with other US um, scientists and medical personnel. Uh, guys, I just need to let you know that there is some kind of glitch with the system. A lot of speakers, even myself, a lot of listeners are getting thrown out of the space. So it is glitching significantly. So if it says you've been removed from the space, no one's actually removed you. There is some kind of glitch. It's just happened to me. It's happened to Joe. It's happened to I've got. I'm getting. I'm inundated with messages. It's happened to a lot of people. So there is a glitch. I don't know what's happening with the system, but it is. It is impacting. A, a I, I'm waiting for you to say deep state. It wasn't. I mean, it was a matrix state. attack. But let's not get into that because we were demonstrating. <laughs> Don't we normally get bots coming in? They're going out now, and we're complaining. We can never get. We were demonstrating why there was government intervention in these lockdowns and then look this is happening to our space but anyway but it wasn't just government this is the important thing the who started to put a heavy hand over countries that were not putting lockdowns in place sufficiently now this is very scary because at the moment we've got the who actually looking to make amendments to their health regulations internationally, which will affect over 170 countries and give the WHO that level of authority to take away potentially the sovereignty of the country and for the WHO to dictate lockdowns, vaccine mandates, and all those things that we were doing at a country-by-country level. So this is a very big and important topic. And you'll see some of the headlines I've shared in the back channel are relating to how the WHO came and took over what was happening by the British government and tried to force the British government to lock down more or to stay locked down for longer. That's very significant. And I'm sure it happened in the States. So I, I, I'm going to shift topics here in just a second. Uh, Joe, I'm going, to, I'm going to go to you before I actually do switch topics. But in order to prepare for that, I just want, I want everybody to tell me how you felt during 2020, because I know some people that were just, they were absolutely pro lockdown at the time. They absolutely oh, thought it was necessary. Nick, they were Nick, scared. Nick. They Reframe were frame it properly, bro. Because uh, you said, "How do people feel?" And the people are gonna start talking about the emotions. I know you're about emotions and that, but what you mean is what their position was. I, I do. 
You mean the position of the emotion? Sure, but obviously there was a lot of emotion in it. Now everybody's confused and they don't even know what the fuck is going on. So leave some sort of question or answer related to that and maybe we'll ask it. So thank you. I I followed this really closely and in cities where it's populated, which is mostly the left in the U.S., uh, you know, there was a lot of evidence. Look at Singapore. People, like countries that acted very quickly didn't have these kind of problems, right? That's why I was mad at tr- another reason why I hate Trump is, you know, he was on a call saying how deadly it is and then didn't act for another two months. Um, <clears throat> but people in, in the middle of the country where the population, you know, we're not living on top of each other. I don't think I don't think lockdowns were should have been mandated. Uh, you could have moved around without crossing someone within six feet. There wouldn't have been as much of a as much of an issue. I think this should have been a citywide issue, just based on what I've seen on certain countries. Like the fact that New Zealand did well. Well, of course, it's not heavily populated. The fact that Singapore did well because they locked down and they created an app that if anyone that you you walked by within the past three days got COVID, you would be alerted to to lock yourself down. There was ways to handle it that would have been that would have resulted if they would have acted early. Waiting two months made things a lot worse than they needed to be. And I think that's why you have this discussion and it seems to be right and left is because people in cities were more at risk and should have been locked down where people that live in rural areas probably didn't need to lock, be locked down. And that's why they, they're pissed off. Dustin, did you lock down, man? I don't know what state you're in, but, you know, so I I, I was in Nevada and I also was alerted earlier than most people that the pandemic was coming because I was asked to help verify the videos that were coming out of Wuhan as being like current and accurate. 